This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Coe and Matt Harmon. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, uh, you and I were uh, embattled, embroiled in a dynasty draft currently, which is uh, going very well. Um, And uh, and I tell you, we got a, a, a set of games here. I mean, a real set of games that we could look at pick over analyze and i get it man like you know preseason games how much stock do you put into it yeah let's start there matt philosophically speaking how much stock do you put into you know some of these preseason games well uh first of all yeah would we say preseason is um real adjacent uh i I would say that (laughs) it is one note on the on the dynasty draft um that we're doing right now which is uh with our a bunch of our sicko tier subscribers got started up yep. in discord. So you and I joined, you know, this is a, uh, reception perception, sicko tier subscriber draft, because when I took Deontay Johnson, I think at a pretty decent value, you yeah. know, the whole draft was like, Oh, darn it. You know, which is probably the only, <laughs> only in the, the reception perception draft. sicko exactly. league. You know, I got a text from like our guy, Zach Miller and, 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 you know, Josh, and a bunch funny. of people in the, in the chat, we're like, oh, wow, dang, there goes Deontay Johnson. It's like, yep, that's only in the reception perception draft. Because Which, everywhere else, no one cares. No Every, one In real cares. life, no oh, one yes. cares about Deontay. Yeah, exactly. I love it. We are going to talk to Steelers in, in a bit, but uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get sure. back to that. But, but no, I think with preseason, look, there are certain things that do and don't matter. For one, we are going to talk player performances in preseason, but For sure. um, th- it's not – that's not the most indicative thing when you're doing like, uh, okay, what matters in preseason? What doesn't, what really matters is, you know, playing time, uh, get, wait, are guys getting reps with the starters? Are they getting reps with the backup? Are they not, are they not playing at all? Like, okay, are they playing, uh, because, and are they being playing? Cause like, Oh, guy like Kenny Gainwell doesn't play. Well, of course he doesn't play. They already know who Kenny Gainwell is. Sure, they got to look at right. like Deandre Swift and Rashad Penny. <laughs> uh, how much do you want to read into right. that? Like how much wing is a guy like Greg Dulcich? Great example this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam Troutman plays way more than him plays as like the inline guy. Yep. And, and you know, that's potentially a little concerning for a guy like Greg Dulcich. Oh, hugely really, concerning, hugely concerning, especially because, I think to me, everybody in Denver is on notice. Like, unless you unless you were brought in by Sean Payton, unless your name is Adam Troutman, Marquez Calloway, Marvin Mims, uh, and Jarrett Stidham, Samaje Pirine, those are his guys. He brought those guys in. Everybody that's a holdover, right. you're sort of on notice here. So, uh, yeah, that that stuff all matters. And I, but again, getting too carried away with like. Wow, this player looks great in the preseason. That means he's going to have a big that that doesn't necessarily matter. So, but I'll tell you what, it's just good to you know I was away this weekend Some at data the points. fantasy football. I, I was away at the fantasy football expo this weekend, mm-hmm. and you know every yeah. like morning in my hotel room, I woke up and I was like, you know what, it's pretty good to just pop on like a 
a little preseason action, you know, waking up in the morning and getting getting rolling there while getting ready to get out of the door and just seeing it's again real football, real adjacent football, but it's nevertheless better than nothing. What's great about the preseason too is like uh, you only really need to watch about a quarter. You know what I mean? You right. watch about a quarter because you see the the first teamers and maybe some you know second string guys uh, get in there. Second half of games generally uh, unimportant. Who really cares about second half of games in in the preseason? Um, to your point, I, I think I like looking at usage. I look, I like looking at you know where they're going to line up. I for the receiver portion as well. What I really look at is usage, right? Like, is this guy going to be a short guy? Is this guy going to be you know short of the sticks? Is he going to be running underneath routes? Is this guy going to mm-hmm. be running the full route tree? Is is this guy going to be a vertical X receiver? That's what I really look for. Um, and I tell you, I think there's some really interesting takeaways uh, in regards to that. In in today's show, though. Uh, Matt mentioned it. We're going to talk about the Steelers. We're going to talk about Jamison Williams, who I thought had a really interesting preseason game. Quentin Johnson is another player, uh, was very buzzy coming into the preseason. What do we think about his performance? And then the Chiefs offense, man, there's just so many question marks and, and you want to love someone in it. You do. You really want to love someone in it because, man, it's Andy Reid. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. Who are we buying? Who are we selling in a Kansas City Chiefs receiver uniform? We all we all love Travis Kelt. That's fine, uh, but let's start with the Steelers, shall we? Um, again, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and then now, uh, yeah, I, I want to ask you: Should we care about this Calvin Austin character? Five eight one seventy ran a four three two forty has a thirty nine inch vertical, so the guy's got some pop, man. And I tell you this thing. He ran a lot of deep vertical routes, Matt. Yeah, so I do think we should care about Calvin Austin. Now, look, I think that um, Allen Robinson's probably going to be this team's starting slot receiver um, to, to open up the year. I think right. Allen Robinson is really much better equipped for that role than he was as the Rams' X receiver last year. We know that that was just not a good fit. It was not going to work for Allen Robinson in that role uh, because he's just not the same explode. Like, he's not running vertical routes. Maybe, right. especially, like, outside at this point. He's not running those routes. That's not what he's going to do. Uh, but he can do a little bit of, like, short. He's much better in, like, the short in, an underneath area and, like, getting open quickly, getting off the line quickly. Uh, than than it is doing the other stuff outside. So I think he can actually be a really good fit in that role. But if he slows down towards later in the season, maybe Calvin Austin can be – and even if Calvin Austin is just a situational player, which I think at this point that's probably what he would be. I don't think he's going to be like on the redraft fantasy radar or anything like that. But I really like Calvin Austin a lot uh, coming into the league. I mean, relative to being him being like a a day three draft pick, right? Like I think he was a guy who – you know, we, we talked about some of these guys coming into the league, like Wandale Robinson, smaller player. Uh, some of the guys that came into the league this year as like day three players that were um, that were smaller guys that that you know maybe more gadgety players. But man, you go back to like his uh, collegiate stuff, like Calvin Austin. You look at his mm-hmm. reception perception. He was playing big boy receiver. He was playing like actual wide receiver and winning as an X receiver at Memphis. Now he's not going to be an X receiver in the NFL. He's too small, but I did like him as a player who is, who's got a lot of burst who can win down the field uh, and can like run real routes. I, I definitely think he's on the sleeper radar. Of course, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's probably their fourth receiver at this point. Um, all right. So you talk about Allen Robinson. We didn't really get to see a lot of him, obviously, um, lining up inside. You know, the 
the participation and, and the target share between Pickens and Deontay, it just it's just so I mean, typical, man. <laughs> you know, it's Deontay Johnson runs six routes, earns three targets, catches all three for 32 yards, and then what happens? Pickens runs seven routes, only sees one target. But you know what? It's all good. That one target, 33-yard house call, right? So that seems yeah. like a very, very Deontay Johnson, Pickens, you know, <laughs> split statistically. You know what I'm saying? And I would th- think the funny thing for George Pickens, too, he is, is like got no separation on the on the play, of course, but um, he no. does make the catch, uh, uses mm-hmm. his body well to frame out the guy, and then you know he it's a little run after catch stuff. I would say the interesting part about that George Pickens play is that he's running like a dig route, running a real route over the middle of the field where we did not see that a lot last year. You know that's the point that like we harped on with George Pickens when we did kind of the full breakdown on him when his uh, when his profile hit the site. It's just all go routes and hitch routes and these real low percentage things. Yeah. But, um, you know, he ran a dig route on 7.7% of his routes in his RP sample last year. That's just so stupid. It's so low. It's just not – talked about Matt Canada's <laughs> route combinations. Right. I really think when you look at this offense, though, like they have the personnel. Like you could make, you could make an argument that this team was just not very well set up for um like you can you can i guess excuse matt canada for what he did as an offensive coordinator that why it's so basic last year is well hey i'm breaking in a rookie quarterback i'm breaking in a rookie receiver and george pickens who didn't play his final year at college because he were coming from a torn acl right um so i got to keep things pretty simple for this guy I think now they ha- and but then then their depth behind Pickens and uh, Deontay once they traded Chase Claypool was like non-existent. You know they were running right. out like Steven Sims, mm-hmm. not not just not a very serious receiver room there. So I think now if they have more confidence in George Pickens in year two, they have uh, obviously they know who Deontay Johnson is. We're big Deontay Johnson fans. We know he's just right. like, the most underrated route run like high level route runner in the NFL. They have a guy in. Uh, Calvin Austin, who could be a nice rotational player, and they have a reliable veteran slot receiver in Allen Robinson, and and Kenny Pickett takes a step in year two. That's why I kind of want to believe, and I might end up looking like a jackass for this, but like I kind of want to believe that the Steelers' offense can open it up uh, in in year two of Kenny Pickett. And like again, if Kenny Pickett's good, and I think he looked pretty good in this game, yeah, this same. this offense can I think be sneaky good because Pickens I think is regardless of what you think is his ceiling is and I think he has a very high ceiling I think the floor is like the floor is like he's like what the worst case scenario he's DJ Chark and I think he's gonna be much better than DJ Chark right we've talked about like Devontae Parker I think is like a the low mean level and then like Mm -hmm. maybe the middle is something like he's Mike Williams I think he could be better than Mike Williams right but that's still like I, the most likely outcome is like he's like a Mike Williams type, but maybe he really outkicks that and he's a way better player. And then he, we're talking about him as one of the best X receivers in the league. And I think he could be some, again, somewhere in that kind of middle range this season and he continues to throw and whatever, whatever. Um, like, I really like George. I really like George Pickens. I don't want it to people to just click on the profile again and be like, oh, he's success rate versus zone stunk last year. Harmon hates George Pickens. No, no, no. I'm, that's <laughs> that's not how I want to come off. Like, I think he's going to okay. be a big, important player this year. Right. I, I just – and then Deontay, I think, is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I just think this offense can be sneaky, like kind of sneak up on people this year. Hey, look, uh, you talk about Allen Robinson as third option, Calvin Austin, who I thought in this particular game showed a lot uh, of burst, and, and obviously his athletic scores w- would tell you the same thing. We haven't talked about Pat Fryermuth. 
who I think is a developing, you know, tight end. Uh, I, I really love, good- I love Pat Fryer. James, I am every time I get on the like the clock in the ninth round of fantasy drafts uh-huh. this year, and like Pat Fryermuth is still there, I just pick him every time. I, I, he's my he's like my favorite he's one of my <laughs> i wrote up the, the the blueprint article i talked about a couple weeks ago on the yeah. show for yahoo and like one of the, right. my guy at tight end was was pat Fryermuth. i i love he's because if this offense is good if it. i'm right about that it being good like i think he's a really like he's a guy who could benefit from that yeah look look i i mean his what would you say is upside i mean touchdown wise you know 10 10 touchdowns is is an upside i think for pat Fryermuth. if we believe the Steelers offense does take a step forward. And, and again, I understand. I get it. It was one of the worst passing offenses uh, in the NFL last year. You're thinking, oh, well, not much has changed. I, the development of players certainly will, will contribute. And I'll say this too, Matt. Um, look, I'm not like some, you know, X's and O's, Madden dude. Like, But just visually looking at Matt Canada's offense, early, it, it looked a little different. You know, there was yeah. there was more route combinations. There was more intermediate area stuff. It just wasn't like this stick and go type of offense. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it seemed to me like there was a little bit more variety there. Kenny Pickett certainly seemed a lot more comfortable with it. And by the way, Mike Tomlin, man, like as much as people crap on Mike, Tomlin, he's just such a rock solid head coach. And I think he's very aware of what needs to happen to be successful Um in 2023, he's got Jalen Warren. He's got Najee Harris. Again, Najee Harris is another player that, that gets shat on a lot, you know? But again, I, I just think from a talent perspective, talent standpoint, he's going to find a way to get production out of his running backs. That's what Mike Tomlin does. Doesn't matter who's in his running back room. He's going to get production out of those backs. And then yeah. can he get some production out of the wide receivers too? And Pratt Firemouth, who who you really like. Well, I'd say there's a lot of ingredients in this pot, Matt, that Steeler fans can get excited about. And if we're talking about like Calvin Austin, who I'm I again I do think we should care about. For people who don't remember, he missed his entire rookie year with an injury. Uh that that was just a total wash. But again, to bring back his reception perception profile, which is on the site in the mini samples from guys uh, a couple drafts ago, right? If you just look for rookie roundup on the site, you'll be able to find it. 71.1% success rate versus man. And he faced man coverage, by the way, on 74.5% of his routes because he was lining up like, I actually wrote this in the in the, in the the write-up that ran out as a pure X receiver for Memphis, like height and weight be damned because, again, he's a smaller guy. Lined up outside on 85% of his sample snaps, was on the line of scrimmage for 79%. We're talking about, I wrote, we're talking about Jamar Chase-like role here, which is um, not, you know, those two guys shouldn't be in the same <laughs> sentence. Like, he's not going to play that role in the NFL. But yeah. he, when he was playing in that role as a collegiate right. player, he was good. The 71% success rate versus man, 84% percent success rate versus zone and he fell off against press i i would wonder why you know a smaller yeah. guy doesn't have the biggest wingspan but yeah you look at him if he's even just like you sprinkle him in as a fourth option and he's like lifting the lid for for this team which they haven't had a lid lifter on this team in a long time like who, i i like deontay johnson but that's not really his game he's he's not a fast player that's for sure even if he can get open down the field he's not a, a fast player even george pickens like he's going to make big plays on right. go routes it's not always going to be by running by people mm-hmm. right he's going to win contested that's definitely it's not alan robinson's game it was never juju smith schuster's game it wasn't mm-hmm. even really chase claypool's game honestly he was better working horizontally so yeah, yeah. like right. I, I i'm glad you brought up calvin austin because i kind of think 
he's an interesting guy here. Again, they just sprinkle him in just a little bit every now and again. Get the safeties out of the box. Like you right. get safeties away from George Pickens' side. Like you can get him some more, you know, single coverage, man coverage where he's uh, much better. You know, he's much better at winning against man coverage and press coverage. Like now we're talking about an offense that could be really interesting here. I think last year, especially once Chase Claypool, they couldn't really figure out a way to get him in space. This is an offense, the Steelers, they had no yak guys. You know, Deontay Johnson, as much as you're going to like him or whatever, underrated, that's fine. Not a yak guy. Right. George Pickens doesn't even know the right direction to go sometimes. (laughs) Well, I think he knows. But he feels like he's back in college and he always takes that step back. He forgets. Try to create a little space. It's like, bro, you're not that dude. You're not that guy, my guy. You know, it's like you just just go forward. Do 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 the tire locket thing and just fall forward. You're fine. Just fall. Um, yeah, fall right down. Uh, yeah, and even yeah, even yeah, George Pickens, I think, is almost kind of underutilized in the yak game at times too. Oh, we for sure, hundred percent. Uh, yes, we've talked about that with. Um, even with Deontay where it's like, yeah, we can bang on him for, for not necessarily being, um, I'm not going to say like the smartest player, but you're making these mistakes after the catch, but mm-hmm. also they don't get him like really good after catch opportunities anyways, because it's right. all just the hitch routes. But I think Pickens could even be a little <laughs> underrated there. We just, we need yeah. to see him doing more stuff like he did in this preseason game where he runs a dig mm-hmm. route over the middle of the field and actually has chances to break tackles. Correct. And I think Calvin Austin, also another guy that could be, dynamic after the catch. I don't know. We'll see. But that part of it, the yak yardage, man, that was completely there. There was just, it was just devoid of yak yardage in Pittsburgh last year. And I just wonder again, just eyeball testing this thing, man. Like it looked like they had a little bit more, you know, dig routes and uh, just some slant routes, a deep overs that, that could get guys in a little bit of space with a little bit of runway to go. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see if Matt Canada did evolve his offense or if it's just going to be the same old, same old man. But I just tell you what, in, in one preseason game, Matt, it did look a little bit different to me. Yeah, I'm hoping so, uh, just because I really like basically all these players at different points in their uh, these receivers, really. I mean, you know, the, the receivers are the things I'm interested in. I, yeah. I like all of these receivers at some level, right? I think Deontay's good. I think Pickens is good. I think Robinson still has a little bit of gas left in the tank. And like, I think mm-hmm. Calvin Austin is a really good sleeper. So I'm really hoping uh, that Matt Canada kind of pushes this thing forward a little bit. And we see uh, a different right. type of unit. That's a little more akin to working in the modern NFL. And I like, I think Kenny Pickett is a guy that is almost kind of, I, I don't know, just, Right, he come, He's the first guy taken, only guy taken in the first round of this bad quarterback class. Like, I don't know what his mm-hmm. ceiling is, but he could be like kind of a fun player. You know, he, he. I think Kenny Pickett is a little misunderstood based on his draft eval. Right, like you would hear people talk about him and like, oh, he's kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kirk Cousins, like just an operator of uh-huh. the offense. Yeah, but then you'd watch him play, even at Pitt, but especially in the NFL last year. It's like this guy almost plays more. Um, you know, like I, I saw, I think Ben Solak and like uh, Nate Tice. I remember going back and forth with them last year when one of those games was on. Where like he almost plays more like Taylor Heineke, which I know sounds like, <laughs> oh God, you know Taylor Heineke. But yeah. um, you know Taylor Heineke plays like he he, he plays like he is Josh Allen, right? Yeah, Sometimes right, Taylor right, Heineke right, does. Right, he's like, right. but he's not. He has no Josh Allen skills, but he plays like he's Josh Allen. And you know, Kenny Pickett is definitely not Josh Allen, but he's got 
a little bit more uh, in the tool bag than Taylor Heineke. This could oh, be yeah. a fun offense if he can play outside of structure because even sometimes the structure of the offense leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, no, I think to your point, it, what, what he reminds me of is Taylor Heineke with like a Kirk Cousins level arm strength. Not the biggest arm in the world, but I think it's NFL appropriate. You know, um, yeah. I think it's it, he's got certainly enough juice in the arm to to make you know most throws in the NFL. It's not he's not completely lacking uh, in that department like Heineke is. But you're right, he's got a little bit of he's got a little bit of sauce in his game, man. Totally. I like it. I like it, man. Um, hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to Detroit. Jamison Williams, who we know is going to be suspended for the first part of the year, did get a lot of action in the preseason, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy is just, again, he just has not seen a lot of live action. You know, play yeah. into the third quarter, which you generally don't see uh, for starters. I, I We started this whole show saying, who cares about the second half? Well, I guess for Jamison Williams, it makes a lot of sense to see him play into that third quarter. He ran 27 routes, man. Uh, saw seven targets, two catches for just 18 yards. Matt, uh, before you jump in, uh, to be 100% transparent, man, like I watched this guy's play. I watched him play every single target, and I was just trying to dissect this thing. And to be honest with you, I didn't like what I saw. Forget about, you know, the contested drop or whatever it is. It's just he didn't have a lot of sink in the hips. Didn't have a lot of separate. I just didn't like. I just didn't like what I saw. I, maybe it's a guy who's just knocking off that rust. I think there's a lot to that. But man, I tell you what, those 27 routes run. There wasn't a lot of separation on on, on a lot of these routes, man. Yeah, he's. Uh, now I wouldn't say that a lot of those passes were really like great, accurate targets or anything like that. So there, there is that. He's such a hard guy to read for me um, because we just have seen so little of him. And right, I get it. We're probably still talking about some rust that needs to be knocked off. But mm -hmm. you know, it's it's we shouldn't be talking about like, oh man, he's still gonna <laughs> knock some rust off like two years into his career. You know, at this point, <laughs> two like years, coming into his second season. So, um, <laughs> right. and and again, the worst part of all of this is like, well, you know what he's gonna have to do after six games this year? He's gonna have to knock rust off again because he's not gonna play. For the I first know. six games um, right. of of the year, so I go back to even like his college profile, and okay. I remember when back then it's like, okay, this guy might be the best receiver in the draft. It's like, no way. To me, he was. I think, uh, I think the ranking that class, it was like there was a clear top three. There mm -hmm. was um, there was Chris Olave, there was Garrett Wilson, there was Drake London, and those guys were in their own tier to me. Mm -hmm. And then the next guy down, like I think was Jamison Williams and Jahan Dotson. Like if you go back and actually look at the stacked rankings on the website, that's how I have it done. Okay. Um, which is the multi multi draft board that I put up this year. That that's kind of my view of those players that he wasn't in that class. It's a very good prospect. And like where he wins obviously was it's vertical stuff. It's, it's going right. over the middle of the field, right. but where, you know, his man coverage success rate is good. 67th percentile though. It's not like an elite number. And I think really where he struggled most was 
getting separation, like working back to the quarterback, like curl routes right. and comeback routes. And, and I think that's the area, you know, even dig routes, like it's a, he's like an, a, about the prospect average in terms of success rate on dig routes. And like, obviously he's going to rip you downfield working in a straight line, I think, you know, running big posts. I think he's going to be able to do that stuff. But the, I think your point about the fluidity and like working like to sink your hips and, and work over the middle against man coverage on dig routes, you know, working back to the quarterback, that stuff is really important. And a lot of that stuff is just how fluid you are and not how, you know, not like being tightly wound, not being too linear of an mm-hmm. athlete. And I think right. that like you saying that in being like people immediately say, oh, that's one quarter of a preseason game. But like, I kind of think that stuff is criticisms of this game already. Uh, well, I'm glad we saw the same thing. I, I thought I, I was hoping that, you know, I wasn't going to be on crazy Island over here, but, but again, look, one of the throws was intercepted. I thought two more of the targets that went his way of the seven could have been picked off as well. And there was a, there was a drop that he had. It was a contested, yeah. you know, catch situation uh, defender clearly in his kitchen, but he dropped it. Uh, you, you would have loved to see a big time playmaker make that play. Uh, well, and yeah, I think and that's, he was, and I think that's, he fair. was an average level contested catch player in college. Uh, his contested catch rate and reception perception was 63.6%. Like he lets the ball get into his body in tight corners. Yep. He doesn't, uh, we're going to talk about another player who has that same issue here, but he lets, you know, he lets the ball get into his body in tight quarters. He doesn't extend. He, you know, um, he can definitely get like, again, against press coverage, not really str- like the tight cover stuff is an issue for him. When, I mean, now when he gets, if he gets like wide ass open downfield, which he definitely uh-huh. can and does do, you know, when he catches those balls and he's clean and stuff like that, you know, he's going to make big plays, but that is also a concern that dates back to not just one preseason game, but it's right. a concern from his collegiate profile. I would, I think when I watch him play, um, there's obviously he's a long lanky dude and, and, and he's got some top line speed that can make it pretty scary, uh, for opposing defenses. But your point about these deep posts, that feels like that's the route where he's got to win because these DBs, man, they're just shading them. They're, they're shading the inside. Uh, they're, they're forcing him to make contested catches along the boundaries and who knows may, I mean, maybe golf can drop it in there. I thought golf played pretty well last year, but you know, again, I I don't necessarily know if, if those deep moonshots are necessarily part of Jared Goff's, you know, his his normal bag, you know what I'm saying? Like he could throw it every now and again, but that's not, that's not who he is. You know what I'm saying? But those deep posts, man, like if he could, if he could stack that DB and, and cut inside, and get to the inside of a player, I think that's where he becomes a really dangerous player. But Matt, we're really slicing that pie thin when we're talking about Jamison Williams. You spend that kind of draft capital on this dude, there's a lot higher expectations and a lot, you know, and again, you're you're wanting a lot more from a player of Jamison caliber, uh, Jamison Williams, you know, ilk, than than just to say, oh, well, he's going to be a situational deep vertical guy. I wonder if... um this is this maybe like a, a wider range port. Brad Holmes, a GM uh, who I like, uh, I generally think is a is a pretty good talent evaluator and a, and a good general manager. Right. I wonder if he does with these like high priority players. If he really hyper focuses on um, like specialists, right? Because they they trade up for Jamison Williams. And right. remember how gassed up they were about Jamison Williams. You know, they were oh, yeah. so excited and and like pounding the table. And they had the exact same reaction for Jameer Gibbs a year later, who um, is like a 200-ish, maybe, probably sub-200-pound running back for yeah. most of his career, and who is um, you know, kind of more of an all-purpose weapony type of back. I kind of wonder if um, 
Brad Holmes is just like, uh, look, I don't give a shit about like draft value or anything like that. I, I'm really just like, if this guy just moves the needle, even if it's in s- small ways, I'm just going to go up and do it. Right. Because uh, okay. I, I, it's kind of, you know, I think you can say like Jameer Gibbs is maybe like the Jamison Williams of receivers, right? Uh, or the, of running backs. And <laughs> even the linebacker they took in round one is like, yeah, is he a full was, complete oh, linebacker? Boy. You know, oh, I, I, I don't yeah. know. So I think we're looking at maybe that's like a Brad Holmes drafting philosophy type thing. But sure. I'm with you that generally you trade up for a receiver who uh, and you kind of get him in that run of receivers where London goes off the board and then and then Wilson and then Olave and you go up heavy for um, for Jamison Williams. I mean, top and, 12 I mean, pick, Matt. That's nuts. To, to, right. to, take a, to take a top 12 guy at the receiver position coming off of a major knee injury, you have got to be sure, sure, sure that when he's healthy, this guy can do a lot of different things and not be a situational deep threat. That's just, so to me, I just feel like, oh, boy, this one's not. I mean, look, if he was a fifth round guy, lobbying you know these kind of concerns is not fair right but i think it is fair to to bring up these concerns when you're saying yo this dude's a top 12 pick man coming off a major acl well what what are we doing out here detroit yeah and you know yeah he tore his acl pretty late too because it was january january 10th in the uh college football national championship against georgia that year so it wasn't like a it wasn't like he tore his ACL and then, you know, his rookie year was, he's still kind of in that area where is he fully healthy? That's another thing that we have to ask. But again, I'm, I, I'm not sitting here saying that the important thing is what James's critiques about him in the preseason, because again, I think a lot of those critiques are still things you could have said on his, on his college tape pre ACL tear, but it's just that this is all stacking together now. And the worst part about right. this man is that, they need this player so bad. Even they if do. he is just, even if he's just a situational deep threat, and like you know, they're gonna throw him those deep post routes, the deep overs on play action because they love their play action and their play action game is great. Their run mm-hmm. game is really good, and how it all marries together, how Ben Johnson marries all that stuff together, which is right. like the underrated, undersold art of play callers is how you marry your run game and your pass game together. Um, that there, that's awesome. Throwing Jamison Williams big post routes on the play action game is going to be. He's going to make six, seven big plays a month. You know that 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 help your offense out. Yeah. Even if he's just that guy, and he's still like, okay, is that worth the twelfth overall pick? And like all your critiques are valid. Even if he's just that, that guy, the Lions really need that guy because they don't have really. <laughs> they have point. they they, they don't point. have much downfield <laughs> threats. They don't. Their right. receiver depth right now isn't great Uh, so it's just like that's even if that was the returns we knew we were going to get on him it'd be like yeah maybe that's disappointing for the 12th overall pick but they really need that player right i just don't know that we can even uh we can even say that's what's going to happen well we're not going to see it for the first six games of the season that's for sure 2400 sports is an odyssey company 